This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. We are talking college football futures on Tuesday, June the 6th. It's going to be called our way too early college football futures segment. And I mean that with all of my heart. It is way too early, Jenks. Do you feel like it's too early? Or are you one of those fiends that is talking about college football in the months of May, June, and July? Well, here's the thing. I'm excited about college football season. I haven't done any research. I mean, I did research for the purposes of this show. So I had to put a lot of extra work yesterday. I'm like, oh my God, it's June. We're going to college football. So I love college football. I'm excited about it. I've done some residual reading, but I don't really start delving into it just yet until, I don't know, July, obviously August, then you're getting close to the season. But I will admit it's not something I have looked at yet until yesterday i started rummaging around and looking at different articles and previews and numbers and players and i was looking at the transfer portal for a while and then my brain started to almost explode so it's really early but i'm excited for the season no doubt yeah i saw this article where espn's computers have projected the top four in college football and the list goes like this number one ohio state number two georgia number three alabama and number four you're Texas Longhorns. Mm-hmm. Jenks, I know you follow Texas. So do you do. think Texas actually has a shot at making the college football playoff? Yeah. Do you think Texas is back? I think they do. I also think that I need to, like most Texas fans, look, the roster is finally loaded. They have a ton of talent. And I know in the past, people will say, oh, well, Texas always has talent. Well, yes and no. Because you look at recruiting classes on paper and you say, look at all this talent, but you forget that a lot of those classes suffered attrition where guys transferred elsewhere. Some guys got injured, never played again. So a lot of those classes that seemed great weren't really that great. That has changed now for Texas. They're very deep. And also the Big 12 isn't as strong as it normally is. The Big 12 generally has a pretty good football conference. I think it's a weaker conference now, even though they're adding members. So I am bullish on Texas, but I need to see it because I've been burned too many times. And also, I will also say this. The last couple of seasons, the ESPN power rankings for college football have loved Texas. Love Texas in almost every single game. It didn't work out quite like Texas fans wanted it to last year. So... Yes, Texas should win the Big 12. I like their shot to maybe be a dark horse to make the college football playoff, but I'm going to pump the brakes on that until I see it first. Here's the question I have and why I don't really like betting on college football this early in the year. Because number one, we don't even know who's going to be playing quarterback, I think, for even some of these top contenders. That is the Mm -hmm. number one thing I noticed about this list. Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama all will be breaking in new quarterbacks. Like, it's not the incumbent. of Are they going to be talented? Of course. These teams just reload every single year. But, Jinx, would you have reservations betting on a team with a new quarterback? Absolutely. Alabama is a team that I would worry about right now if you're talking about quarterback. And if you look at the SEC odds, we don't have to go into it just yet. Alabama, of course, is right behind Georgia. But if you looked at Alabama's spring game, they really didn't have a quarterback show out. And that's why they took in Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame, who still wasn't great. 
So if you're the Crimson Tide, clearly quarterback, the most important position on the field, and it's weird for Nick Saban not to have a guy. But if you look back at how they looked in the spring, they didn't have a guy, and that's a real problem, obviously, for any team, and particularly in the SEC. Especially for a team that has not been nearly as dominant as they have been in the past few years. Like, Alabama is still very good. They're still going to get a ton of talent, but I think that is a red flag for me because in college football, you need a good quarterback. So does that bode well for your Longhorns? The fact that they have Quinn Ewers in uh, as the entrenched starter, or do you think that Arch Manning is going to make a play? Is he redshirting? What's the deal? Is there a quarterback controversy at Texas? No, 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 no. Anybody that tells you there's a quarterback controversy doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. Honest to God. Seriously, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. They are, they don't know the program. They don't know the plan. They haven't followed recruiting. And they're saying, oh, Arch Manning's not starting uh, quarterback controversy. He was never going to start. The Mannings want him to redshirt. You have to remember the Manning family is different than any other family in football history because they are a family of quarterbacks and they knew Quinn Ewers going in was going to be the guy. They wanted Arch to go in, learn the system, red shirt, and then go from there. And if Quinn Ewers has a good season, he will leave. He will go to the NFL draft next year and then Arch is slated to take over. So could Arch get some snaps this year? Sure, you never know how it's going to go down as far as injuries go. But Texas also has a very good backup in Malik Murphy. I'm not going to go on and on about the Longhorns, but – the plan was always for Arch Manning to redshirt. So if you see him redshirting, that's that's what was supposed to happen. And any Texas fan who follows the team will tell you that. It's people in the national media who don't follow Texas exclusively who don't really know that. Well, you know who follows college football? Double D, David. That's exactly why he put this into the rundown. So I'm going to tag him in now. David, I just listed ESPN's top four teams. It goes Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, and Texas, do you agree with that list? Or do you think there is some team on here that ESPN left off their list and their computers need to be bashed in? I mean, to be quite honest, the top three teams that you named are all teams that lost starting quarterbacks. Right. So to mm-hmm. me, that may, not just quarterbacks, but first round draft pick quarterbacks. So, I yeah. mean, uh, Stetson Bennett was it? Well, right? Stetson Bennett, but a national championship, win- two time national championship right, a veteran. winning starting quarterback. My apologies. Um, Georgia, Alabama, those are the big question marks. I, why is it Michigan in there? They're basically returning everybody mm-hmm. uh, who, who played last year, including the, the star running back who got injured. Um, I would also put in there USC. Caleb Williams is back. They've gotten even more talented, if you can believe that. So USC not being in there is a little bit of a question mark for me as well. Uh, once again, way too early to say this, but yeah, I mean, there there are question marks. Yes, Ohio State has probably, in my eyes, the greatest wide receiver I've ever watched on a collegiate level in Marvin Harrison Jr., um, can he be so good that it doesn't matter who's at quarterback? I don't know. So, and then uh, Georgia and Alabama, like you said, Georgia just the the big one for me would be Alabama. I I think Alabama is going to regress this year. It's going to be a rebuilding year, is or whatever Nick Saban wants to call it. 
And then I would I would probably put USC in there instead of Alabama right now. I agree with that. I, I think I, I'm I am not and I love Nick Saban and I'm not of the belief that oh it's over for Nick Saban and he's fallen off. I, I think that narrative is way, way too early. Yes, Georgia has overtaken Alabama as the premier team in the SEC, the premier program. Alabama is no slouch. Bama is still going to be Bama, but when you're talking about going back to that quarterback situation, I'm telling you it's going to be a real problem for the Crimson Tide this season, which is why I'm so glad Texas is getting them early in Tuscaloosa before they figure that out. So that bodes well for my Longhorns. But I'm like you. I still think Georgia's the team in the SEC. In in the Pac-12, it has to be USC. I am curious about Oregon, if they could just shore up their defense because Bo Nix is going to be back. And they had an incredible win in the Holiday Bowl over North Carolina. They just need some defenders. See, my my sleeper in the Pac-12, Jenks and Chelsea, is actually Washington. Michael Washington, Penix and say that. Michael Penix Jr. is a legit Heisman contender. So yes. you put a quarterback as a Heisman contender on a team that is loaded with talent once again. Easier schedule than most of the other Pac-12 teams. They've got a chance to make some noise this year. I know they have a really good home uh, field advantage as well, but it's hard to look past that offense that USC has. I know there's going to be fireworks. I know the defense is usually the problem. But going back to Georgia, I was just looking at their schedule. My goodness, does it look easy. Like there are just a couple of question marks. At Tennessee, second uh, to last game of the season. But other than that, they don't play Alabama this year. So that goes into it as well. It just feels like Georgia has almost – I'm not going to call it a cakewalk because it's still in the SEC, but still, it's a pretty soft schedule for a Georgia team that is normally pretty good. Do we think that the SEC gets two teams in the college football final? Because it feels like a lot. Like, at this point, it feels like there's more parity. I don't think so, Double D. What do you think? I'm going Big Ten. One of the top three teams, either Penn State, Ohio State, or Michigan, two of those three teams makes it into the final four. I love Michigan. Mm. I'm like you. They're favorites for the reason at plus 175. They get everyone back. I love the culture they've created there because they they realized, hey, we can't out-recruit Ohio State. Let's change the culture. It's worked. You want to make a, a case for your Nittany Lions there, Double D? Uh, everyone's basically returning. You've got two probably top three best running back duos in the country in uh, Singleton and Allen. Uh, you have a five-star soft, true sophomore quarterback in Drew Aller who has an absolute cannon for an arm, and they've upgraded at wide receiver. So, and the defense is a lot better this year as well. So Penn State's got a chance. I'm not going to say they're sit here and say they're going to win it all, but they've got a chance for sure. I think David just doesn't want to jinx his team because, David, I'm pretty sure, aren't you trying to find some Heisman odds for Drew Aller? Like, don't be coy. We know you like Penn State. We know you think they're going to be really good. And then my final two cents on Ohio State and Michigan, uh, the game, Ohio State-Michigan, is at Michigan this year. So big home field advantage for Michigan. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.